Welcome to the Fitfiliate Podcast, where with honesty and transparency, we talk about all things fitness, coaching, and gym ownership, so that you can feel less crazy and frustrated and alone, while you also find more freedom and make more money. So welcome to the first episode of the Fitfiliate Podcast with the one and only Tony and Chuck. How are you, gentlemen? We're We're good. That's now that good. I figured out how to use technology. Yeah. But it's good we're all in the same place. We we got getting this little project kicked off, which I'm really excited about. You guys have um, made a huge impact in your time in CrossFit. So this is a chance for us to all learn a little bit more about you, your background, and, and where you see things going. How does that sound? That's good. I'm actually going to start with a question for you, even though you're the one facilitating it. Why are you excited for us to finally get this going? I think this is the the uh, landscape. I guess needs to hear your voices. Like we, I hear your thoughts and observations and discussions, you know, each week. And I think you've got a lot of value to offer in this space, particularly when there's a lot of other talking heads that I think have less experience, less knowledge, and and less uh, doing it for the right reasons um, in wanting to help the affiliates. Uh, thrive and and prosper rather than just um, you know giving them a generic model. That's why I'm excited to hear your voices out there in amongst you know some of the stuff that you hear that you want to disregard pretty quickly. Fair we're enough. Starting out with pressure. Great, we're good. Yeah. Pressure. You know, I just yeah, I just think that you guys have a lot to to offer in that. So, what's uh, We'll start with you, Chuck. Um, what led you to CrossFit and, and how far back is your starting point? Uh, I, I don't know. I've run through it like I've run through it on a handful of podcasts, but I think the thing that's probably a little bit more interesting to the relevance of this. So the conversation that I've gone through a million times is my journey into CrossFit, my journey into fitness, my journey into coaching. But a thing that I think would be more relevant to this podcast that hasn't really been discussed or recorded anywhere is the business side of things and like where did the where did the business side start from and that's interesting because i hadn't really reflected on it until probably a little bit more recently and i think that there's like an identity for an entrepreneur that is hard to build some awareness of and the education system and the general process through like society at scale doesn't really foster that or at least deliberately draw awareness to it. So anyway, way, 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 way back um, when my mom and I were living uh, together in these super, super shitty apartments by a golf course, I used to go out and find golf balls and then sell them back to the golfers. And it turns out that's actually like a pretty incredible business model to like give people exactly the thing that they need right where they need it, right when they need it. And especially if there's not really any cost to it, I probably should have just stuck with selling stolen golf balls but yeah and then uh i don't know i guess that that's a a thing that really did draw me to crossfit and making the transition from just doing crossfit and just coaching crossfit to really like the idea of you know what like i want to own a gym and there's a lot that happened in those gaps of like childhood golf ball reselling to owning a gym but i think that's one of the things that really pushes tony and i forward and part of the mission of 
affiliate is through the lens of saving and protecting the affiliate model, we save, protect, and build entrepreneurship and small business in America. And when you step outside of like the, the forest that we often like lose sight of because we're so busy in the trees, you don't stop and think that everything that we know is CrossFit started out of CrossFit Santa Cruz with Greg and Lauren. And most of the businesses that exist in our ecosystem also started out of people who at one point were coaches that then turned gym owners that taught them a skill set and a belief system to move forward as entrepreneurs. And like, that's a really cool, very special thing. Yep, it's really created a, a whole ecosystem of people who've been able to create fr their own freedom. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and I think that's lost on, that's lost on a lot of people in that place as affiliate owners. And so maybe that's the thing that Tony and I figured out when we owned our affiliates that we didn't appreciate at the moment because we were so caught up in the same like ego comparison trap of the whiteboard for all the wrong reasons, but it was relative to the business. It's like, how many clients, how much money, what's your run rate? Is it a million dollar gym? Like what is success? What is failure? And we we didn't appreciate until after we had sold our gyms that we had healthy, thriving gyms that afforded us the ability to travel around the world and develop as coaches. Yep. Awesome. Um, Tony, um, <laughs> how about your little history oh, or little snapshot? Uh, I don't, I mean, this would take up the entire hour, I suppose, but I'm not sure. <laughs> that my background is as important as the future becomes. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the bigger question is, why does the world need another podcast? And why did Chuck and I decide that we needed to create another podcast? Um, and simply put, Chuck and I spend six hours a week on the phone with each other. And we simply decided that we should probably record these because most of this would be very helpful for other people. But I think the reason what that leads to them becoming important is because of the people who Chuck and I are, or at least the people that, or that people know Chuck and I to be. Um, I mean, my background story is essentially much like most entrepreneurs. Uh, I was a dirt poor kid that was big on love. Um, that led me to knowing that I had to take care of myself from a very early age. Um, and I think that I stumbled onto this thing called leverage very, very quickly um, in that I could make a lot of money, but I could make even more money if more people helped me. Uh, but in an attempt to do that, my goal always was to help as many people as possible. So I think what led me towards entrepreneurship was not the success and the money, so to speak. It was a necessity for sure because I was not a good student, uh, but it was mostly that I knew that by creating things, I could create futures for other people. And I think that that's probably the anchor that dragged me towards gym ownership more than anything was that like, not only was it a business that could make money and it was fun, but at its core, no matter whether you were a customer or an employee, their life was going to somehow get better. Um, and I think that's what dragged me into affiliate ownership. And, and I loved it. Fast forward a handful of years having traveled the world for a decade. Um, as a seminar coach, I think the biggest problem was that there was a lot of people who were dragged there for that same reason. And um, 
they're getting dragged back down. So that's really where Fit Affiliate was born from, was that we wanted to be able to save the affiliate model, uh, as bold as that might sound, because we knew that the affiliate was the, well, the solution to the world's most vexing problem, but that does not happen unless the affiliate begins making money because all these great people that I've met on all these travels are inevitably going to have to, quote, go back to work or get a big kid job. And that's just an unrealistic place for someone. Once you've been here, you can't go back there. And so we've basically dedicated the last two years to saving those people, people like you. That, so we're happy that and you're now facilitating this conversation. Yeah, and I'm like super pumped and super proud to be doing it because I know that from from my perspective, seeing the content that you guys put out is what like it just told me a different story to what I'd been told before about quick fixes, quick solutions and hand over huge wads of money and you just get a generic cookie cutter and get told all the time you're not good enough. Whereas affiliate's been very much about not just the, you know, my gym, but also me the person, which has been you know, very different um, different aspects and understanding, you know, the importance of what we do. Um, so what do you think is the biggest struggle that affiliate owners face day to day, you know, now? Who's answering oh, that? Man, um, <laughs> I think the struggle that they face that they don't appreciate is that for the vast majority of them, they never set out to get into business. And so, like, I had mentioned a little bit of that. Tony had mentioned a little bit of that as, like, pieces of things that really drew us to the affiliate models. And it's like, yeah, but we also found fitness. And fitness changed our life in an incredible way. And coaching is potentially, debatably, one of the most rewarding things that you can be involved in at all as a human. Um, and so being able to have the intersection of putting all of those together, that was a really great opportunity for us. Man, when you look across the entire affiliate landscape, there sure are a lot of people that opened or bought gyms so that they could do fitness as a career. And that's very different than owning a business. And so I think that is the greatest risk is that a lot of them are frustrated with where they're at in the game, but they don't recognize the game that they're even playing. Yep. That'd be like being really fucking pissed off if you're, you know, you're playing like like true international like football, you know, like soccer, footy. But like you keep getting fucking nailed in the balls with like penalties for using your hands. And you're like, guys, I'm trying to get the ball in the goal. And they're like, no, stupid. In this game, you only use your feet. Mm. And so a lot of them like they they have built jobs around fitness. They have built like a fitness career, but it's not sustainable. Because what high-level yeah. service professional sees their clients like five or six times a week? How fucking crazy is your life if you see your lawyer five times a week? How terrible is your life yeah. if you're seeing a doctor five or six times a week? Like, So they sit in this really interesting place. And because of the frequency of those interactions, because of the depth of the relationships, because of what they're doing for people, it's really hard to get to the other side of it. But at some point, like they have to for their own good, for their client's good, for the solvency of the business, for the whole thing to propagate and move forward. And so like I would say that's the biggest risk that they all face is the risk that they don't even pay attention to. But it is the reason that they're awake at night. It is the reason that like they're terrified to have like real staff meetings. 
it is the reason that they're afraid to like charge what they're worth or take themselves off the coaching schedule because they think it'll fall apart without them because like they built it that way. That was the intent and purpose from day one. And they didn't even realize that like they were taking a seat at the table in the game of business. And that's not what they signed up for initially. Or I could be full of shit and totally wrong. There's a ton of other stuff they struggle with, but I feel like that one's pretty big. Yeah, look, I think, you know, having walked that path, it is, and no one's teaching you that. They opened an affiliate, they said, you'll change lives, they said, but no one told you about all the other things that you need to do as the affiliate owner. Yeah, I mean, I, I for sure think that, well, one, I'm way better at asking questions than I am at talking at people. But I think, you know, it's it's a bold misperception that there is one overreaching problem that affects every affiliate owner. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that I could answer that question. But what I could say is that the thing that probably affects them all at scale to some degree is is individuality and identity, kind of like what Chuck said, um, you know, because there is so much ego and identity and personality tied up in the decision to become an affiliate owner. Um, you know, that in itself shrouds some degree of clarity for most people. But I think it really comes down to for all businesses succeed, individuality is the most important thing, uh, whether that be, you know, a startup or it be a franchise or whatever it is, you still need to be to some degree individual. And I think that the biggest threat to the affiliate model at the moment is a threat to that individuality, mainly because most people are afraid of being individual, right? And so I think that if, if there's one thing that is probably affecting them all is that they don't have the, 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 safety, the security, and the confidence to make decisions on their own behalf. So they seek somebody else's. And so um, it's like the quote, it actually comes up all the time. But if the path before you is clear, you're probably on somebody else's. And that's been shared a bunch of times recently. But it's very true. And I think a lot of affiliate owners found themselves, unfortunately, in possession of a business with no idea how to be in business. And rather than embrace individuality and solve their own problems, they're looking for the answers to the test and all they're going to find is more frustration. And that's really why we built Fitfilia was that there wasn't really, there's no one answer that solves every problem and there's not a right set of answers. It, it's a divergent path. There's no convergent solution to an affiliate. And, and if there was, that threatens the whole thing. And so right now there's a big push, I think, to standardize and make them all very similar but that's probably the biggest threat and the biggest problem that exists in the affiliate model is that instead of being unique as they were designed to be, they all are seeking to be similar and that will fail the whole model. Right. Many like ways. how many fitness franchises have changed the world and been sticky? And it doesn't work like that. What makes the affiliate model work is the individuality of it. It's that it's, as far as I know, the world's greatest open source experiment, not in just fitness as a methodology, but in business as a practice. I think getting them to forge their own path is, is really the goal of the company. I mean, there's a lot of goals of the company, but getting people like yourself, Lisa, and other clients um, who at the moment will remain nameless, um, the confidence to forge their own path and the conviction to forge their own path, whatever that may be, 
I mean, you could decide that you would like to make donuts every day at noon in your affiliate, and that's what makes you unique. And we support that because it would be bold of us to assume that we know the answers, right? More specifically, do we mm-hmm. know the dream? And that's not what we're here for. We're not here for advice because one of the things that we'll always say is that the trouble with advice is that it assumes that the receiver of said device, advice is not capable of solving their own problems. And if there's one thing affiliate owners can do, it's definitely solve their own problems. So yep. we're just here to give them the confidence. Yep. So talking about the current CrossFit landscape, there's been a lot of changes in CrossFit over the last couple of years and clearly in the time that you guys have been involved. What do you see as the, the future in that landscape for um, the affiliates to continue doing what they're doing? What do you mean by doing what they're doing? Well, the, the affiliates to continue to grow and thrive or, you know, as Tony said, the greatest threat will be that they're, you know, becoming standardised to a degree. Do you think that that is a risk that that will be a, a push down the path or, you know, those that don't decide to, to fall in line with all of the uh, tools, not rules, but don't go in, that will get sort of dropped off to the side? Well, I think that the lens through which you look at the problem changes what you see, right? And so a lot of them, they're like, it, it's like a client that's like, oh man, I just, I need a better program. I need, I need Fraser's program. Do we have any dispute that like Fraser's program is not a program that can create success? Sure. For Fraser. Yep. And for the context in which he is playing that game and how it's being applied. And so the risk that a lot of them don't appreciate is that the further they go down the the route of looking for like solutions is that they lose the ability to differentiate themselves in any kind of meaningful way. And so you've gone through like, you've gone through the stages of evolution as like an owner when like you used to try to sell people on all the features of your program. You're like, oh, we do a fucking undulating conjugate block and every three weeks we rotate maximal dynamic and repetitive efforts and you'll have maximum hypertrophy and you'll fire motor units effectively and people are like, the fuck are you talking about? And so like, you know, what are the things that all of the the gyms, if you survey them in, the, in like social media or like, a, you know, competitions, like what do they say makes them different other programming? Yeah. No, it doesn't. And even if it did, you wouldn't know how to explain it in a beneficial way. Okay. So then they're like culture and community. N- no, not really. Cause how do you define it? How do you explain it to somebody else? We give them the best hour of their day. Cool. How do you measure that? And so the further it goes towards finding applications of other people's programs, the more they lose the things that make them special and unique, but also the further they get away from even having the ability to explain why they're better than F45 or Orange Theory. Yeah. Yep. I mean, affiliates are scared. I think that that is as really the, the future. Um, and regardless of of what happens in the ecosystem, I think that, you know, th- there is a collective effort by everybody involved to get help into the hands of the affiliate owners who need it. Um, and so I don't fault any of those attempts, but at the core of every, every decision to go into business, there is 
there's essentially one question and that is, you know, why does this business need to exist? And at the core of that answer to some degree, regardless of what industry you're in, is that it must solve a problem of some degree. Otherwise, there's no purpose for it existing. Now, naturally, because, you know, as an affiliate owner, you become a part of a larger ecosystem of affiliate owners. I think that there's less of a focus for most people, right? Like, let's just call it McDonald's, right? You open a McDonald's because you want to open a McDonald's, but it is still solving a problem. And that problem that it's solving is creating revenue for you as the owner, right? Or potentially maybe you are in a food desert and there's no McDonald's around you. Um, but the reality is it solves a problem to some degree. The reason for a business existence, though, as an owner, has to be freedom. Otherwise, there's a lot of easier ways to more securely make money than owning your own business, right? So if yeah. the business is not creating freedom and you know, there's four freedoms, freedom of time, freedom of money, freedom of purpose, and freedom of relationship, if it's not creating those four freedoms, it's taking from them. And the biggest threat to freedom will always be fear, no matter what it is, right? I mean, I'll spare us the conversation of, of the ecosystem of the last few years, but as fear becomes a bigger part of the conversation, people are willing to give up their freedom in exchange for. And so as the conversation of standardization becomes more prevalent and more confident um, by the people who are portraying it, granted to help, um, what will happen is you will, you will be enslaved to somebody else's system. Therefore, you'll have to give up your own freedom to see that through. And that's not the point of being in business. However, you can buy a job. And I think that there is a split in the affiliate owner community of people who were like, I would just like to do this as a job. And that's a different conversation. Um, and so they might be more benefited. But the ones out there who are truly trying to be entrepreneurial, trying to solve a problem, trying to create an existence as opposed to a job, fear is the biggest risk that they have in their future. And that's that's potentially the one thing that I think they need to understand. Yeah, it can be a, a scary proposition to think, well, I'm going to be the black sheep and stand out from the crowd. And how do I forge that path and be different? Which is something as we know through conversations that we've had about my path is that, you know, we're setting ourselves out as a little bit different. And then that's, okay, how do you frame that? And how do you pop your head out and, and be different to the crowd and not turn people away? I don't think it's even so esoteric or altruistic as, as the, you know, leading the crowd or the black sheep or otherwise. It's, I mean, it's the reality of laying in the middle of the night, staring at the ceiling with no idea how you're going to pay the fucking bills tomorrow. Right. And like, that is a true reality for so many affiliate owners. And, you know, that, that fear is a very real fear, right? It's grounded not necessarily in the potential fear or, or the future fear. It's grounded in very much the, the fear of that my decisions up to this point have led me to this sleepless night. Am I equipped to solve my own problems moving forward? And most of them give up and say, no, I'm not. Please give me the answer. And then all you're going to end up doing is finding yourself basically putting someone else's system into play. And if it works, it works, but it's a lot more work to do that than it is to solve your own problems. And that's really, you know, the fear that it comes from is, you know, I don't even think anybody's really thinking about like, am I equipped to do this or where am I trying to get people to? 
they're really just, you know, they're just trying to put out this fire. The, the joke is it's like riding a lion, right? Like all of you guys as the business owners, the affiliate owners, you, all of your clients see you on this line. They're like, wow, Lisa's amazing. Look at her riding that lion. I want to ride a lion. And we know that you're up there. Like, how the fuck did I get on this thing? And how am I going to get off without getting eaten? And I think that that's a conversation or joke that we've portrayed to you guys a lot of times, but it's the truth of affiliate ownership. You, everybody, you know, parades you for being this, look at, I was so great. I want to be like so-and-so. And then you're like, please take it from me right now. You can yeah. have it. Yeah. And that's, and I that's, 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 that's very happening. true. Yeah. Okay. So I, I agree with all of that. It is, it is a bit like that ride sometimes where you're like, what what's what's the choices here? Jump or be eaten or hang on. For sure. So with the uh continue to talk about the value of the affiliates and I know that the mission of fit affiliate is to protect the affiliates, the affiliate model because of, you know, the reasons that we've talked about. Um being a you know a, a place uh, for people. Why is that your main, why is the affiliate model as it as it stands or as it has stood, the you know the driving force for you to want to save that particular model? Because it works. The only one that works. Yeah. I mean, There's, you you, and you know what? That's lost on a lot of people, and that's sad. And that's that's a thing that really is difficult to convey to people because most people's exposure to the life cycle of CrossFit is so relegated to probably like the last quarter of its history, maybe the last third, maybe. But most of them don't remember a gym and fitness industry prior to CrossFit's growth and expansion. And so it's really easy to sit and like shoot flaming arrows at the affiliate model and decry all of its issues. But Remind me again, at what point in time in human history did you have a bunch of people on social media having to fight against like people getting too into fitness and working out too much as just recreational normal humans that fell in love with the ability to shape and change their lives? Yep. That's fucking super sad. And that's, that's a big, big issue that does exist is a lot of people can't appreciate where we're at because they don't recognize where we came from. And so with both of those lacking, it's impossible for them to cast a vision of where we might go in the future. And so if the individuality collapses, like the thing that has made it work collapses. Cause my clients wouldn't be as happy in your gym. Yep. Tony's clients wouldn't be as happy in my gym. Your clients wouldn't be as happy in Tony's gym. And so that is part of the nature of like the issues with a lot of like the coach, guru, mentor, advice, program, template space is like, you can have the best fucking program in the world, but you're not Frazier and it doesn't matter. Um, so I think that like, that's, that's a hard part. Well, they don't appreciate it, what they have. The big, the one thing we can say for sure is that the world is a dumpster fire of of health at the moment right and then you know to essentially quote greg in that one and the the one thing that i think we can all agree on is at this point lex less access to fitness is for sure not the answer right so the only solution is more access 
And there is a there is a push and there will always be a push to, you know, I wouldn't say privatize, but professionalize and standardize fitness in general, not just, you know, CrossFit at large. But in an exchange for that, what would end up happening was people would get less access because it would make someone like you have to follow a much harder path, a much longer path that would ultimately probably lead to your your limitation or your demise. And therefore we'd have less coaches. And so the thing that works inside the affiliate model is you can't give me one other example of a model where you went from one garage gym in Santa Cruz, California to potentially 17,000 gyms and growing and, and doing so on the back of creating untold amounts of fitness professionals, right? So if there's a reason why the affiliate model needs to be protected, it's because it works. It works because at broad scale distribution, it's worked in every single market it's ever touched on, in every single corner of the earth that it's ever made it to. And there's still corners that it hasn't gotten to. And the only way that it gets there is by protecting its individuality because standardizing what works in the Midwest of America and assuming that it's going to somehow work in Ghana, <laughs> you're going to have a big problem. Right. And not only that, but you'd invest a ton of energy, effort, time and, and resources into figuring out how to make that Midwest model work in Ghana. When the answer was. Do it your way. Yeah. It's all it needs to happen, because more will always be better as it applies to fitness in terms of people's attention, especially these days. And that's why it yeah. needs to be protected. So how let's just talk through then your process of. Um, how you're helping affiliate owners. Um, I know, you know, how you've done that because I've walked the path, but let's just talk a little on that. Um, you know, affiliate owners that reach out to you and say, you know, I need help or I want to be better. What's your, how do you go about helping them and, and starting to figure out what it is that they need? It's very, well, how did we help you, Lisa? Talking and asking questions. Asking lots of questions. Um, surgical compassion is probably the key differentiator of what we are, right? And so, like, yes, we did just ask you questions, but we existed in a, in a unique model of, of one. There is nobody like us in the space, and that's why we needed to exist. Um, and it's simply because Chuck and I are coaches, period, in the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. Um, and once you become a coach, as you all probably have experienced, you can't turn that off. Like it's, you don't just decide when I'm going to be a coach and it's for sure not going to be just for that one hour that you're scheduled for the 4.30 PM class. Like you find yourself generally imparting yourself into multiple conversations a day, whether invited or not. Just trying to be a helpful uh, human. Yeah. yeah. Um, by being a giant pain in the ass and asking people questions that they probably don't want to answer at that moment. But really... I think the thing that is unique about us is that we understand that help is a double-edged sword, right? And so lots of people would like to offer help, but in exchange, they tend to basically become a carpet bomber of sorts of, of advice. And so rather than uh, help, they just want to give you some advice and they want to kind of leave you there uh, to, to solve it on your own. With our model, the, the unique difference is that by helping, we're also accountable to the solution, 
And so I think what is very helpful for people like yourself and all the other clients is that you don't just end up with a bunch of advice and a bunch of homework and a bunch of modules to work through and a bunch of things to do. You end up with somebody in your corner who asks you better questions, gives you the confidence to believe that you can solve your own problems, and then the conviction to go forth and do them. And all we do, jokingly, is just ask you questions, right? I mean, we basically just ask you why five times over and over and over again. As annoying as that probably is, it's very helpful because what you end up with is your own solution to your own problem. I mean, it would be very easy for us to just standardize and be like, this worked for a bunch of other clients. Do this, Lisa. But then when it doesn't work, what am I supposed to do? Be like, well, that's on you because it worked four other times. And that's essentially what everybody else in the advice industry wants to be. But we're not in the advice industry. We're in the coaching industry. Mm-hmm. Chuck, do you have anything to throw in on that one? Um. I mean, more of the same, and it really is the difference of coaching. So I think if like if there is a thing that makes us different beyond just the nature of the model itself and not seeking to give people busy work, to try to assume an identity for them, to try to tell them what to do, but rather to get them to like reclaim freedom, it's that that happens through coaching. And just like that client that wants to get super fucking fit, it's not that they need some special program any fucking program will work if they'll work the program. And it's only through the ability to be coached that they have the ability to work the program. Because if you were as intrinsically motivated, if you did have all of the shit figured out on your own, then like we never would have had the conversation because you, my good friend, would actually be Matt Frazier and we wouldn't be where we are right here right now. So coaching. Well, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot the and same. Fuck, we're about. selfish. Like we sold our gyms. After you sell your gym, like man, you miss it. And even what we get out of TGC, you know, to travel the world and coach is great, but they're they're short term relationships. And there is a piece that you miss with that longer term relationship with a client. Being able to see somebody's wins progress through them evolving as a human, because you know as well as we do that the greatest adaptations they aren't things that exist in Bushcrest or Sugarwad. They're the changes in who you are as a human. They're the places that you go, the people that you meet, the things that you do, like the courageous life choices that you make. Those are the things that fitness builds, but the only thing that allows most people to build those through fitness is coaching itself. And there is that adage where, you know, even coaches need coaches, and it's true. As an affiliate owner, no one is holding you accountable. No one is necessarily keeping you on your path because like your staff aren't necessarily going to say, hey, have you done this report or how are you traveling with this metric or the other? So I know one of the greatest things that I've had through my relationship with you guys is that accountability that each week it's like, hey, how are these things tracking? How are you going with that? And why? What's behind you being in your own way and helping you see when you are actually creating creating problems or if it is an actual problem? I think at the core of it all is is that the solution to your problem is never going to be about what I've done, right? Um, you know, or Chuck has done, or or otherwise. It's always going to be about what you're capable of, right? And so for us, that's that's really the thing that we're after the most is is not to tell you, you know, or to replicate our past or our history or anything else. It's to pull fro 
pull forth from you what you're capable of. It's the same thing that happens every single day in every single affiliate, right? Like, affiliates are not ran in many cases by the world's best athletes. In fact, they're quite the opposite usually, right? Generally speaking, the reason why so many affiliate owners are able to pull so much potential out of so many people is not because you tell them what you know, you simply just pull from them what they're capable of, right? And we do that by knowing what what people are capable of via benchmarks, right? Because like if you'd have experienced Fran for the first time, you for sure would think that eight minutes would be the most absolute obscene amount of effort you could ever put into it. But as an affiliate owner, you ultimately know that a sub three minute Fran is truly possible. And so what you're after for all of your clients is to show them that 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 thing is capable and pull that capability from them. And, and I think that that is, that is really the difference for us is that it's not about, it's not about what anybody knows to solve your problem. It's about what you're capable of. And every affiliate owner I've ever met ever in the history of ever and ever worked with has all been capable of solving their own problems much faster. Sometimes we just don't see it. Well, you guys are good at solving problems until you get caught up in trying to find the solution. Right? Because like how, how laid out were the paths for most gym owners to incorporate and create a business and file their affiliation and like research a lease and find a place and first, last security, water, power, internet, insurance, like equipment, build out, logo. You figured it out because you were pursuing your vision. And so the why was powerful enough that the what and the how become irrelevant because we'll always accommodate for it. And so that's probably where a lot of things go wrong is that the detachment from the why and the loss of like the heart and soul really being involved in it because there is a conflict of identity, because it is unclear, because they do get to a very difficult place of having to evolve as a human, that they start looking for answers. But all the answers they need exist inside of them, and that's really fucking hard to deal with because at the end of the day, like, it is all your fault. Well, it's also an institutional failure. I think, you know, we're all taught, you all go to school, you're all educated to believe that there's one right answer, right? And that there's only one way to arrive at that answer, show your work and, and et cetera. And so you come out of your institution uh, and your university with this belief that every problem has a right answer. And, you know, that is convergent thinking. And then you find yourself in the business world where there is no convergent answers, right? There's only divergent solutions. And, you know, that essentially means that there's multiple right answers to any one singular problem. And I think in a lot of cases, the overwhelm that people find themselves in relatively quickly leads them to just wanting to find answers to the test instead of realizing that there's multiple answers to the exact same test. Just solve the one the way that you would like to solve it, because that's going to be the fastest path to action. But trying to find the answer and then figure out how to implement that answer is going to take you way longer than just taking action. So just to, um, I guess, take a slightly different tangent on that. Um, how has something, and this is for both of you, is a 
something that you would perceive as a failure in, in, in something that you've done in life, business, um, in your affiliates or even in Fitfiliate? How has that set you up to be successful once you've reflected on that? I mean, how much time think, you got? <laughs> uh, that's a loaded question for sure. I mean, I tell people all the time that all you know, people typically see, you know, me for my success or other people for their success, but I'm just a walking culmination of all of my greatest failures. Right. So um, I don't know as though I have a singular answer to that, but I can tell you that failure is probably the most necessary and, you know, learning in itself and evolving in itself requires failure. So I'm not sure why people are so afraid of failing. Um, but again, I think that goes back to how we're taught because failure is, is this thing that is vilified as opposed to celebrated. But, you know, you've got to try and you have to be okay with the attempt to fail in order to make that effort. Yep. But I mean, it's never terminal. So everything that I think I've ever failed at has just given me more confidence to try again harder as something else. And I think that's pretty universal across like all successful people, right? And it's always echoed and and it's even looking at it through the lens of like, you know, what was an apparent failure that later blah 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 and if you you can elect to choose to make that decision in advance so like from this point forward my failures won't be failures they'll be lessons and it's only a failure if i don't change a belief a habit or an action because then like the universe will just punish you but yeah i think like the 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 assumed failure was where Tony and I both sat for many years, assuming that we were failures as affiliate owners because we were chasing someone else's metrics of success. And we completely lost sight of like, we'd, we'd accomplished the mission. Like, man, we had changed thousands of people's lives with fitness and built them skill sets to manage nutrition and exercise for the rest of their lives. We had taken people from just like, you know, part-time clients to like actual coaches who then got to go on and create impact and build legacy. We built gyms that we were detached from that operated without us involved at all. And so like in what fucking abstract world are those failures? But I will, I will never be able to get anybody to realistically believe how many phone calls Tony and I have had through the years, especially before Fitfiliate, where we would call on like a Thursday after getting in international or on a Friday after getting in somewhere domestic and just being out of the gym after four days in the gym. And just like, I, I think I'm going to shut it down. I think I am done with all of it. And like, maybe I'll just do the seminars or like, fuck it. Maybe I'll get out of the industry entirely without appreciating a single piece of like what we had accomplished and where we were and who we are and what we had done for the people in our care. Cool. Um, so just before we wrap up, if you this um, is going to go out to the world and you're talking to affiliate owners and, and other people in the space, if you had, you know, the chance to have, you know, one message to give affiliate owners who are, you know, sitting in that space of fear or sitting in uncertainty about, you know, where they need to be or what they're doing, what what's something that you would say in you know to them now, without giving advice? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I would probably say that it's only scary because you're alone, and I know what it's like to sit surrounded by hundreds of people, 
and feel completely alone. Um, and so if you find yourself in that situation, just know that the solution is simply just not isolation. You don't have to do it alone. And I think that that's the most important thing, but just don't give up who you are. Yeah. I'll piggyback that with Tony's and I'll insert my own, but I think it really is like, you know, if the people who are listening to this are affiliate owners, stop and reflect on like, you know, what Tony just said and think about it with your clients. Like, fuck dude, how many of your clients would be successful without a community or a coach? It's none of them. Like virtually 0% of a gym population who will ever have existed would have found what they found in fitness without a community and a coach and like affiliate owners sit on a lonely island. And being lonely in a crowd is such a unique feeling that you, you cannot describe to somebody until you get there. And like the pressure and the weight of having all of these things that you literally as a human evolutionarily don't have the ability to process internally on your own, but you can't fucking talk to anybody. You can't tell your coaches that you're not going to be able to make payroll next week. You can't tell your spouse that like, I don't know if this whole thing is going to make it another <laughs> week or two. But like in those conversations, you craft the answers because that's how the whole fucking little monkey mind works. And so like in just having somebody to talk things through with, it is how we are designed to advance as a species. And so that's probably like, yep. yeah, what Tony said, like just it lonely is a choice. Maybe that would be like the way that I would phrase that is that like lonely is a choice and you know it to be true because the fucking yeah. people in your gym. Um, yeah. The thing that I would say that might sit a little bit closer to the advice side of it. Um, you've already done the hard work in making the decision. You need to figure out why you're not taking the action. Most affiliate owners, most people, they know what they need to do. They need to figure out why they're not doing what they already know to be true. Awesome. Great chat today, guys, for our first little uh, affiliate podcast, getting it out into the dun, world. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, one. We, done, bitches. One, is, <laughs> one and done. We are in the book. So thank you for your time, guys, and I'm sure we'll have another episode rolling out really soon for the Fitfiliate podcast. Yeah. I'll show up next time with my best Australian accent to match yours. <laughs>